Good evening. Good evening. Beautiful. Ah, we are about to begin a mimer. Very special. We're going to be learning this this week and next week. And um, we're in Chodesh Kislev, in the month of Kislev. And um, in, in, in the month of Kislev, we are privileged to experience we are, the, the great redemption. It's called the month of Geula, the month of redemption, the Hasidic month of redemption. And that is because we had, in the Hasidic calendar, we had three redemptions in the month of Tishrei, uh, the month of um, Kislev. And in the general of the world, we had four redemptions altogether. I mean, there might have been more, but this is what. Well, first of all, Hanukkah, historically, it's a time of redemption for the Jewish people from the oppression of the, of the uh, Syrian Greeks. And then, um, many years later, Ripshneer Zalman of Liadi came out of jail when he was, the, the Alter Rebbe that we always learn his teachings, was freed from his imprisonment. And uh, on the 19th of Kislev, which turned into a very important day and a big yomtev for Hasidim. And then we have another holiday after that, which is, or before, I mean, which happened many years later, not many years later, a few, a short while later, on the 10th of Kislev, which is the Yom Tiv of the release of the Mittler Rebbe. And then we have just recently, Rosh Chodesh Kislev is the day the Rebbe came back, the Lubavitch Rebbe came back after he had a heart attack, and there was a, a serious threat in his life, and then he came back to be with us again for another 16 years. So these are very special days. Kislev is a day you can sense that the, it's the month of Kislev has the energy of redemption, redemption for the world, redemption for holiness, victory. We know that the Alter Rebbe wrote when he was released from prison, he wrote that his pedia, his, his, that he, he went out of jail, um, his redemption was associated with the Pasuk, Pada B'Shalim Nafshi, because he said when I was reading these words in Tehillim, in Perek Nunhei, which is Psalm 55, I was, when I was reading the words, Pada B'Shalim Nafshi, I was redeemed in peace, my soul. So exactly when I read these words, Yatsasi B'Shalim, I went out in peace, Mahashem Shalim, from the God of peace. So we see the Alter Rebbe had a redemption. Then, at, So we know that by Tzadikim, nothing is random. Nothing is random even by us, but how much more so by Tzadikim. Especially tzaddikim that are playing a major role in the in the in the in the purpose of creation and the realization of the purpose of creation. Um, great tzaddikim, they everything is accurate. So if he was redeemed on by saying pada b'shalim, you can't just say that it is. It's just related to the idea of him having. A peaceful redemption. It wasn't like the Hasidim came in to the prison and broke the windows and got the Rebbe out. It was a redemption in peace. What happened was the Alter Rebbe was able to prove that he was right and they let him out of jail. And he was able to continue the Hasidic movement and teach the teachings of Hasidus. But it's much more than that. What it's saying is that the redemption that Hasidus, that the Alter Rebbe was was representing is associated with each and every one of us being able to redeem our souls 
from our imprisonment. We all have a personal imprisonment where our neshama gets stuck in the trappings of our body, in the trappings of the physical world, in the trappings of our anim animal or external nature. And our neshama is begging for redemption. And through Hasidus, through studying Hasidus, we get the keys to release our soul from the bondage in which our soul is being held in captivity. Now, Hasidus is not the only way to redeem your soul. A person can redeem his soul and make his soul be the dominant force in his life even without Hasidus. The word tzaddikim before Hasidus came along. What's unique about Hasidus is that not only do you have redemption, but you have a peaceful redemption. That's the Chiddush. The reason why the Alter Rebbe went out of jail and he went out when he said the Pasuk Pada B'Shalom, that it was a Padiya B'Shalom, is to emphasize that his teachings are here to bring a redemption enabling us to reveal, express, and bring forth, to live our holy, our holy, our holy soul, our holy life, and not be uh, hunkered down by our animal soul, but to do it in a manner that it's not bloody. It's not a bloody fight. And that's the Chiddush of Pada B'Shalom. This mimer that we're going to learn now is going to explain um, the concept. Now this is a mimer we're going to learn as a mimer from the Mittler Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe's son, Reb Doiv Ber. It's, it's, it's printed in the Sefer Shari Tshuva. And in the middle of the book of Shari Tshuva, he has the Mimer Pada B'Shalom. It's a fascinating discourse. Very, very important one to learn. And uh, let's learn. That's all we have to do is learn. And hopefully the, we will get uh, the, the right understanding and hopefully be able to internalize this and make this part of our lives. So here we go. He begins with the Pasuk, My soul was redeemed in peace, Mikravali, from those who are waging war against me. Kravali means, the word Krav comes from a battle in which two people, from those who are wrestling with me. Krav is when you're dealing with a, 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 a fight, a, a, two people that are wrestling and fighting with each other, but in very close proximity. That's why the word Krav is from the word Karav. Usually when you're fighting, you're distant from the other person. No, but when a fight heats up, it becomes a krav. A krav, krav like you say, krav maga. It's like a, a direct fight, a direct... Um, uh, a very close encounter. Kibarab um, because in public you were with me. So what does this mean? If it says in the Pasuk, Behold, your, your enemies got. Behold, your enemies will be lost. They will scatter all the evil doers. So in order to understand the Pasuk, there's another Pasuk. It says your enemies God, your enemies are going to be lost. They're going to be scattered. Who are these enemies? What are we talking about? So we have an, an analogy of two people who are waging, who are fighting with each other. Each one of them wants to defeat the other, and to subdue him beneath him. In other words, the way when, when, when people are fighting, the, each one wants victory. And what does he want regarding his opponent? That the, the opponent should be subdued. He should become his servant. He should be 
It should be my way. You should not be able to do it your way. You should do it my way because I'm the boss. That's the idea whenever there is a fight between two people. Who's going to win? Who, who's going to have it their way? But now here's the idea. In order to be able to um, actually defeat the other, it requires that the two enemies, the two opposing sides, should get close to each other. Not only that, they should become attached. And cleave. Their bodies want to the other. When two people are fighting, we're soon going to see this applies also to spiritual, to psychological warfare. But um, over here we're talking in the physical sense. When two people are, are, are enemies of each other, and, or even animals, you know, they're big enemies of each other, but you won't have a winner until they'll actually engage and, and tangle with each other. It requires tangling. If you're not going to tangle, each one is going to stay. It's like two people in a boxing ring. So when you have two people going into a boxing ring, you see, for a little while, each one is like moving around the ring. This one is moving around on his side of the ring, and the other one is moving around on the inside side of the ring. And these are two ferocious enemies, one on one side, one on the other. But you're not going to have a winner until one of them is going to step up to the other one and start punching. So even though they're, they're both standing like this, and they're going like this, and they're dancing back and forth, nothing is happening until they actually make contact. And then it, it actually when they really start wrestling with each other. So in order to beat, even though, they're, even though they're very distant from each other, they're very far, which means that you, they couldn't, you couldn't have two people that hate each other more. They're very distant from each other. But, but, but as long as they remain distant from each other, I'm me and you're you, we're going to have two different opinions, two different ideas, and we're never going to, I'm never going to be able to, 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 uh, to de- defeat you. I have to actually get close, which close is the opposite of what I am. In essence, I'm far from you. But it requires, and if I want to defeat you, I need to step close to you so I can defeat you. So that's the idea. The Anikris, Apkos, that's cool. This Apkos, wrestling. Kamoy, like we find, next week's Torah portion. Yaakov and Esav, Yaakov and the angel of Esav, were, were wrestling with each other. With the minister of Esav, Shanochem and Yaakov, that waged war with Yaakov, Kidu, as it is known. Shanis Apku, they tangled, Veniskarvu, Bekirov. And they got close with closeness, with Dibugomer, an absolute attachment. Vagam, and even though Shebevadai definitely call on all the people, whoever is fighting with each other, and Beza, Fechem, Betachlis, are total opposites. The Imlav, and if they wouldn't be opposites, Loyal Nochamim Klal, they wouldn't be fighting with each other. The Chol, Beza, Fechem, Bebetiva, and those that are opposites naturally. Vada, Yesh, Richuk, Atzim, Tomud, Beneyem, so definitely there is a great divide and a great distance one and the other and they can't ever agree on anything so they can't come close to each other let's take enemies of the elements and the elements what are the elements the four elements fire water earth and wind so fire and water don't get along with each other and so what do we see they can never ever get along with each other they're enemies it's either the fire or the water. They can't be together. Besides when God did a miracle by, in Egypt. But besides that, fire and water just can't go together. So they have to stay far from each other. The fire will be there and the water will be there. Fine. They can't tolerate each other. But when they want to fight one with each other, meaning what? 
if the water wants to extinguish the fire, as long as the water is on one side in the north and the fire is in the south, the water will be water, the fire will be fire, but they will, the water will not extinguish the fire. But if you, want a, if you want the water to extinguish the fire, the water has to step away from the north, has to go down to the south and fight the fire. Come very close. When they want to fight and one of them is going to be, be, claim victory over the other, so then it, it, is, it, is, it is an absolute must that they should attach themselves and come close to tangle one with the other, but had yichud with the epitome of unification, vahadibuk and attachment, where one is becoming completely attached to the other. However, this is not a really true essential closeness. It's not like they're becoming friends. They're very, very distant and they're very far. One from the other, but they're absolute opposites. For the sake of the war, and when and mainly it's not the the purpose over here is not the war. The purpose is the victory. Each one wants to beat the other. This is compelling. This attachment, and this apkus. That's called. It's called. It's which is called this entanglement. However, you're going to see it. Even if you're going to say internally they're not connecting, even when they're connecting, they hate each other. Quite on the contrary, at that moment when they're coming close, they hate each other more than ever before. They're the most divided. But 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 after everything, after all the uh, after everything is said, they came to a state of attachment at least at the moment that they are fighting with each other. Now behold, Vadaim moving it's understood Memela, it's understood on its own. Now one might argue, one might say, that when they are fighting with each other, they couldn't be more distant than each other in heart and soul. In other words, in their spirit, they're like miles away from each other. It's only their bodies are tangling. Because one wants to defeat the other, so physically they're touching, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, they're not, they're not engaged with each other. They're, 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 they, they have different philosophies, different ideals, different aspirations, ambitions, and so on and so forth. That's why they're fighting. So even though they're attaching physically, they're not attaching spiritually. The Rebbe says that's not the case. Because why? Because we have to say, it's understood, that this dibuk begashmi is gufa machumri. When their physical bodies are becoming attached with each other, their two bodies have become attached together. The same is also happening in the ruchnius, in the spirituality of their souls. They become attached and, 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 into, and unify these two souls, one with the other. The Adrab, on the contrary. The main attachment and the main wrestling is dafke in their soul. The soul is the main. Their physical, you know, inter, being intertwined physically as they're wrapping their arms around each other and enveloping each other is a sign that they're doing so spiritually. Their souls, each one is trying 
their neshama, each, each soul is trying to encompass the other. And because when you're, here's the thing, because when you want to destroy the other, you want that the other person's being, their soul, should be canceled in your, in your being. Whether it's an ego, whatever it is. You want the other being should be canceled in your being. I am and you're not. So even though, so, so therefore, it's not just a tanglement in the physical body. It's not, dest- it's not I'm destroying your body. I'm destroying you. Obviously, I have to weaken the body. That's how we're going to start, the, you know, we're, 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 we're fighting physically, but it's more about something deeper than the body. And that attachment is happening even on that level. Not only even on that level, but primarily on that level. Well, uh, and according to this vadai, so now he's going to take it to the next step. If the two souls, the, the spirit of the two beings, are getting so close together, so it's not just, as we say, they're tangling. When they're tangling, there's actually a mixture happening. Each one of them is going to be, is going to be infiltrated in their soul by the other's energy. That means my space is, at the, at the moment that I'm tangling with you, my space is going to be, is going to be um, um, uh, perpetrated by you, or, or not perpetrated, what's the right word? Uh, what? Uh, no. Y- you're going to enter into my space, into my soul, into my, into my con- so you're going to be putting, it's like, you're going to, the other, the, the opponent is going to be projecting his whatever, his soul, his soul, his energy, his soul, whatever that is, into the space of the, of the other one that they're fighting with. Okay? At that moment, there is a, a mixture. The light and the energy of their souls. At the time that they're fighting with each other. Since each one wants to defeat. To the energy and the life and the light of the soul of the other. And he wants to subdue him to his soul. Shatichlal boy that the other person should become included in him. And I don't want you to remain a somebody that I always have to worry about you because you I I'm stating so I want things to be so. And you're on the other side and you want it to be so. So I don't want to let that stay that way. I want you to be finished. I want you to be out. I want it to be clear that I'm the boss. So I need to cancel your 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 nefesh. It's not, just, it's not just canceling your body. It might take a physical fight to establish that. But I want to cancel your ego. I want to cancel who you are. You have sometimes, you see, that you have amongst animals even. They'll have a, they, have a, they have a fight, territorial fight. Whose territory is this? Or they're fighting over uh, a, a mate. So you have the two, two guys, they go and they clash with each other with their big horns back and forth and back and forth. And then one wins and the other is defeated. Now when the second one is defeated, it's not like one has to kill the other. There's certain rules of the game. When one knocks the other one down, it's like established that I'm the stronger one. And what happens to the other one? He, he humbly, you ever see those animal videos? He humbly acknowledges that he lost. And he lets his nose down and he walks off somewhere else to figure out what he's going to do but here he knows he's not he doesn't have any more say in this territory because he's been defeated 
So what do you see over here? It's a defeat, not only the physical. I'm using the physical to, to, to nullify the other person's identity, the other person's independence. Until now that other... You're subdued to me. I'm the king. I'm the boss. So That's what he's saying. You should not remain a somebody. That's why we're going to fight it out. Uh, with, uh, we're going to have a sword fight. Or we're going to have a whatever. To make the other one fall. And to subdue him to him. And what does that mean? I want you to be included in me. You should never be able to lift your head to be a somebody forever. For example, fire and water, like fire and water that are fighting with each other. When the fire prevails over the water, so the fire will, will turn over all the nature of the water, that it should become included in the nature of the fire. What happens is like this. When fire and water are fighting with each other, so, um, so what, what, what is, what, let's say fire is winning. What does fire do? Fire is going to drink up the water, the moisture, to the point that there's, there's no more water. When there's a fire burning over water, and it, it cooks it up, and it turns it into steam, and it gets and it destroys the water completely. And, and that is the idea of when water is boiling, which is coming through the fire. When the fire prevails over the water, until it extracts all the moisture of the water, until the water disappears completely. Like the fire of God when by Eliyahu Navi, when they put waters down. They put water pails over there by the when when they were the, the coming to display uh, who, 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 who's the true prophet, Elio or the other ones. So they put they, they were praying and they put water down and the fire came down and the fire consumed the water. Shalichacho it drank up to all the water. Shayatik Elio that Elio um, poured out over the water, over the wood. And the same is the opposite. When water prevails over fire, what happens? It nullifies the fire. The entire teva, the nature of the... It's like when a fire is burning and they have these helicopters come and they're throwing water on it. Or any fire. The fire people come and they, and they use hoses and they pour the water. The water defeats the fire. And soon there won't be a fire anymore. The water puts out the fire. The kolal that it should become absorbed b'teva amayim legamri should be completely included in the nature of water. K'moy amayim shemachabim aish like water that puts out a fire. Tzana noisay to cool it down alohoitzi and to take out kol koyach tivoi its entire essential nature that it has. Achayich legamri until it expires completely. The yuchlal and it becomes included b'teva amayim in the nature of water. Ki yedu as it is known b'sifreya teva. That is known in the books of science. Prote haskalalus, the, the details of integration, shall dalet hayesoidos of the four elements, zeboze. Where you find that one element, like the Rambam talks about in the beginning of his book of Sefer Mishnah Torah, the Rambam talks about how the four elements, one gets lost in the other. 
part of earth gets lost in the water. Part of the water gets included, gets included in wind. Part of wind gets included in fire. And that's how the Ramam says it keeps the four Yesodos interact with each other. But that's and it's in a manner of war and victory. This can only be and this can only occur when they get close to each other. When each one is in its own separate space, they will never, you know, you're kind of, in other words, you have to make yourself vulnerable in order to defeat the other. If you're not, if you want to just stay far away so you can protect yourself and stay in defense, you're never going to be able to, you know, you, you might be safe, but you'll never, you'll never defeat the other. You'll always have to live with the idea that someone else, there's so, someone is a threat to you. So to eliminate the threat, you have to eliminate that person. To eliminate that person or that opponent, you have to get close to them. And the more this cleaving and this connection will be more, meaning the, 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 sometimes you get close and you're like a little close, you're not completely close. So the closer you get to the other, the more the other one can, can, can win over. To make the other one be included in him. And if not, they will remain separate from each other. Each one remains in their, in their, in their, in their nature, in their, and their, their nature, their substance. And they don't become absorbed in the other. And this is also the reason why when two people are fighting with their soul and their body as they're fighting together. And the purpose is that one of them should be able to win over the other one to, that he should become included in him. And if not, each one will remain in its place like he was. And one will not be included in the other. They remain two enemies as they were. Two opposites. So it's understood. The main intention from the war. In other words, the, the main intention in the, in the war, in this closeness, is the hiskalalus. The in, they're intending that one should become included in the other. That's the unification. In other words, the idea is like this. We, we, we're separated. We're total opposite. But I want to consume you that you should become me. Oh, so I want to I want to bring you into me. So I gotta get close so I can do that. It's the opposite of the period that they had. And therefore, that's why they have to have a stop. So there's really three stages. There is period separation. Then there is the last and final intention is his scalalus. His scalalus is. I'm not going to have an opponent anymore because you're going to become absorbed and, or subdued and totally nullified to me. Okay? So that's, now I'm far, I'm, 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 I'm separate, I don't want you, I'm distant from you. Now I do want you, but I want you to become completely nullified to me. In order to get that, we have to get close and we have to wrestle and tangle. Like we see when kings wage war against each other. The main conclusion of the nitzuach, of the victory of one army over the other, one king over the other. When you get close to the other, as it is known. 
and all of this, of course, is an analogy. In the war, the internal war that each and every one of us has. Because we all have nefesh, we all have a godly soul, the nefesh of Bahamas and an animal soul. As it is known, where it speaks about how one empire will fight the other empire. When one of them gets up, the other one falls. This was the great war that Yaakov had with the minister of Esav. When Yaakov and Esav were fighting, it was a war of the, of the emotions of holiness, fighting with the emotions of Klippa. As we spoke on Monday night, our emotions, our godly emotions, there is the holy love, for instance. We have chesed the Kedusha, holy love. But we also have our animal soul also has love. But the animal soul's love is lowly love, dark love. It's, 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 it's an unhealthy love. And, but, but there's a love. How do you fix it? Where do, so the two, the two loves have to tangle, as we're going to see soon. Stated elsewhere, okay. Now first he's going to show us why we say that we have two souls and that the two souls are at war, are enemies of each other. He explained they're total opposite. It is known, the nature of these two souls, they're total opposites. They are completely opposing each other. Like it says in the Pasuk, when it's describing in, uh, I think it's in uh, Kehelas. So over here it's describing as follows. When it's describing the, the difference between an, a human and an animal, which we know that when Shlomo Melech was saying that, he doesn't only mean an animal, literally an animal, but he means the animal that is in, heart, in the heart of man. The spirit of man is rising upward. That means the spirit of the soul, the soul is always seeking to connect to what is above it and beyond it. The animal soul, the animal consciousness is always looking to derive pleasure from that which is lowly and lower than it. The spirit of man, a human being has aspirations, he has ambitions, noble ideal, idealistic ambitions and the like. He's seeking a higher thing. The spirit of an animal, is always in a downward descent. So this one, which is the neshama, is rising upward in the epitome of, of, of heights, with a cleaving, and an attachment to the living God, from where the soul was excavated. Why? Because the neshama is literally a piece of God from above. Like it says, that God is, that the neshama is a piece of Hashem. That's the, that's the nature of our neshama. It wants to pray, it wants to sing songs, it wants to cleave, it wants to study Torah, and the like. But then we also have a teva, we have the nature of our animal spirit. Lady, to always go down to connect itself to that which is below, that which is physical, and that which is coarse, the physical taiva, the physical lust, physical. And literally like an animal, just like an animal takes pleasure from food and from all other physical things, but no, there's no spirit, there's nothing higher in an animal's life. So to the animal soul that we all possess is the same thing. It wants to have a good time. It wants to indulge in the pleasures and sensations of the physical world. It's not interested in prayer. It's not interested in a higher attachment. 
and as a result of this vadai, so definitely they are distant and removed from each other in the epitome of, of distance and separation. You can't sit the godly soul and the animal soul together on a bus that they should sit and talk to each other and be friends. They're not. They're totally opposite. They have nothing to talk about. They can't sit on a five-hour flight together, the animal soul and the other, because they, 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 it's like two people that, 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 have, that are completely in two different worlds. Sometimes, you know, you, you go somewhere, you have company. You can relate to the person. There are other times you go somewhere, you sit down next to someone, you know you, know you have nothing in common with them. Everything they're interested in means nothing to you. Everything you're interested in make, means nothing to them. There's no point of contact. That's how these two souls are. They're two complete different worlds. They come from two different planets. They are, they are menagi, they are opposites to each other completely. Like fire and water, and the like. However, when do we say that, they don't, that the two of them are complete strangers? That's only when they don't go to war. Then they are separated and very distant from each other. But when they fight together, then they cleave, they become connected one to the other. Like the way of Muhammad's base, the war of two people, where one of them wants to beat the other one, that the other one should be included in him. As we said earlier, the Indian who, and the idea is. As it stated in Zoyar. So he starts Perek Beis. It says in the Zoyar, the Shas Tzloisa Shas Krova. So the Zoyar says an amazing thing. The time of davening is a time of war. This is Zoyar. When you, when you, when you, when you, when people think, you know, usually you think davening is such a peaceful time. Hopefully the kids are not here. I can sit down. I can pray. It's peace, tranquility. Not. The Zohar doesn't define davening as a time of peace and tranquility. The Zohar describes davening as a bloody battlefield. What's the war of prayer? Why is prayer a war? The NAPMS, because in, the Rebbe is going to explain. Not every prayer is a war. There is a possible to have prayer that is very tranquil and very beautiful. So if you're in the Yosemite Valley and you're looking at these inquisitive incredible mountains and waterfalls all around you and you're sitting there and you're contemplating the beauty of God and you're just reveling in the beauty of Hashem's creation at that time there is no war it's just it's just you're ascending you're going higher you're just in that unbelievable special space the Rebbe says similar that idea is every Shabbos Shabbos when you pray is not, it's not on Shabbos we can pray a peaceful prayer why? going to explain because it's only one of our souls praying. Our godly soul is so inspired on Shabbos because there's so much light coming from above that the neshama just cleaves upward to Hashem. And it's not, see, during the week the soul is trying to lift itself up because God is, God is concealed during the week to a much greater degree. So the neshama has to like figure out how to, how to like um, uh, uh, come to a to a godly awareness. But, the, but there's an animal soul. 
And when the godly soul, as we're going to see, is trying to like become more God-aware, the animal soul feels threatened and it starts barking. The dog starts barking. And they start fighting with each other. That's a weekday prayer. On Shabbos, God is obvious. God is everywhere. He's very revealed. So all you need to do is open your siddur and start saying a few words and like, the soul rises to attachment. The animal is, is not, doesn't sense that so much. So the animal soul kind of remains sleeping, also he's taking his Shabbos nap, while the soul is doing its, its cleaving to God. So he's gonna, there's a really there's two types of prayer. There's a prayer that's a very spiritual kind of prayer, and it's great, it feels very, very good, but you're really not, you're not changing your regular self. You're being inspired, but you're not going to have a, an effect on your ordinary self. That means the same anim, boorish animal that, you, that a person chas v'shalom was before, you will re, the person will remain later the same behemoth, the same animal, with the same physical, intense lusts, desires, sinful ideas, or whatever it is that the animal soul has, nothing is going to change. You can have the most spiritual ecstasy, and it will not change that animal soul one tiny bit. You wonder, like why, after I daven so good, am I having such an ugly, horrible, despicable, disgusting craving that is so sinful and dark? What happened? Didn't I pray? The answer is you prayed, but your animal, the side, the part of you that's craving never prayed. It was another part of you that was davening. It was your neshama that was davening. But the, you, there's two separate con, two separate yous. Your soul was davening, but your animal soul was completely disconnected from it. The real way of davening that's going to make an impact is to daven with both your neshamas. In order to do that, you have to provoke the animal soul. You have to like get the you have to get the dog to bark, and then you have to like you, know, you have to try to explain to your animal soul why you're being excited about holiness. But the animal soul is not gonna, is gonna argue back, and the way the animal soul argues is by barking up despicable, all kinds of distracting thoughts, as we're gonna see soon. And let me explain. The ine, in truth, there are two levels in the avoda of davening. One of them, it's not called a, 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 a um, skirmish, or it's not called a war at all. It's a service that's related to the godly soul on its own, and her nature, this is the nature of the spirit of man, that is rising upwards, as we said earlier. As it is known, as it is known regarding the prayer of Shabbos. Shabbos prayer is, is, a, is a treat for the neshama. The neshama gets a bonus. It gets to go away from the body, so to speak, a little bit. It gets to soar up like a bird to the spirit, to the great godly heights that the neshama can rise. The godly soul becomes included in the source where the soul comes from, and that is the powerful, godly, realm, the, 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 the spiritual worlds above. The person rises there. The way a candle becomes nullified and included in a big blazing fire. 
a small little candle, a small little flame, will join a larger fire. Kamoya Neshamas began Eden. And just like Neshamas in Gan Eden, Shanehenen Meziv, they delight in the Ziva Shechina. So what, but what kind of pleasure it is, is it? It's a pleasure of the Neshama. Just like Neshama is in Gan Eden. So down here too, a person has a Gan Eden moment. And the same way, it's aroused the spirit of the godly soul. At the time of davening, and to become absorbed in the unity of God. That's the substance, the nature of the Neshama. But it's not converting to the nature of the spirit of the animal. That's in the left ventricle of the heart. That's in the heart. And it's not doing it at all. In other words, it's not in any way getting our animal soul involved in this. That she as well should consent and want to go up to God. Ella rather... The nature of the spirit of the animal. Nisha remains in its substance. The nature of the animal soul remains exactly like he was. He remains just as behema, just as what you experienced was a moment of the neshama, um, um, what is it called? A neshama spur, a spurt rather, that's what I was looking for. A spurt of soul energy. Your neshama lit up. Very good. Then oir, the light of the neshama on its own. Mista bekes cleaves v'oyle. And it rises lamayla, mayla, above, above. Ki yidua be'inyan. It's the idea as it is known in the idea of limsay nafshay be'achot. A person has mesiris nefesh. It's neshama is becoming absorbed. V'hainu, but that is only when. Kishayin mochama klau ben beza ruchay sa'alolo. When there's no war between these two spirits. Each one stands in its own level. They remain separate one from each other. They haven't gotten close to the other. So what's going to happen? During the time of prayer, you're going to be a malach. And during the time, and after prayer is over, the rest of the day, you're going to be a galach. What does that mean? Meaning, yeah, a galach. Yeah. Doesn't need explanation. The second level of prayer is a prayer that is very, very, very intense, very, what's the right word? Very turbulent. It's a very turbulent prayer. That's when prayer is called a battle and a war. What is that? When the spirit of the godly soul will prevail with flames of fire, because as explains in Kuntaris Avoda, in order to be able to convert the animal soul, you need to create in your godly soul an energy of fire, a fiery love, because there's, there's different types of love. There's a love where you're more like we spoke earlier, a love of cleaving. You're, you're, you're feeling like, you feel how close Hashem is to you. You feel the connection. And then there is a love that comes from understanding and appreciating how distant and how far 
We all are as finite beings from our infinite source. And as a result of that, we experience passion, intense, fiery passion, fervor, thirst, and longing. And he explains in that mimer that in order to Explains in that mimer that in order to um, oh, in Kintras Avoid, he explains in order to convert your nefesh Bahamas, your animal soul, you can't do it with your water. A watery love, you have to have a fiery love. That's because fire melts and completely can change the shape of something. So this is when the spirit of the animal soul will become aroused, berish be'eshachuka, with flames of longing, lashem tashem. But its intention is it doesn't just want to, uh, you know, quell and, 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 and enjoy and, 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 and uh, have a moment of light. It realizes that it won't have any peace unless it can get its buddy animal soul, who is so different than it, on board. That it too should drop its fascination with the physical material narishkeit. And it too should join along in that in that in that uh, spiritual service. Change to convert Also, the spirit of the animal that's in the body in the physical body. who that it too should not have a taiva, should not desire beratzin with the desire of a chukizara and 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 a foreign longing and it should only want to be cleaved Hashem. And to be repulsed. With every, any kind of ratzon, any kind of desire that's an alien desire. And he shouldn't want anything from the silliness of the world as there. Only for God alone. Like it says, who is to me in heaven? The imcha and with you loy chafatzti anything that's with you I don't desire. Ekamayim rezal and as chazal say leiv echad lo aviv shabashamayim one heart to the Father in heaven. I don't want to have two hearts. That's what the person is 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 now considering. I can't stand continuing to have two me's, a holy me and an animal me. I don't like that. I want to have only one heart. And how will I do that? I will take that animal soul and I will change the way it thinks. I will reprogram the animal soul, but for that I have to fight. I have to take, I have to argue it out with the animal soul that it should be won over, it should be completely subdued to the convincing arguments of the godly soul. The godly soul should be so powerful and so strong that the animal soul should have to admit that this is right and it too should, 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 should take on a, a spiritual yearning. There should be only be one rotsen to God. Now you can't do that when you're standing far from the other. That for that, you have to fight. The godly soul will have to enter the boxing ring or the wrestling ring with the animal soul. And it wants to subdue her. That she should be included also, I'm oh, sorry, that she should become included in it. She should not remain to be an opposing force. 
that a person wants to convert their natural instincts. It shouldn't have to be that I should, you know, that, 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 that I need an inspiring moment to want to pray. It should be my natural instinct that I want to daven. That my physical body should want to daven, I want to do a mitzvah. My, my animal soul should not desire to cleave to the mitzvah. Physical things, vechumrius and corporal coarse things, the ma'ase behema of the of elements of an animal, daktia oyla lamayla, but rather she should go up rotsin with a desire, vechuka and a longing, kamoi ruach adam, just like the spirit of man, which is the neshama sha'oyla that is going up. Hareizes. So when will that happen? So this is similar, kamoi sheyig bara echad alzilasoi, like one person prevailing over the other, umenatzchay and defeating him. That the other opponent should become absorbed in him. You shouldn't be an entity onto your own anymore. As we spoke earlier, the two opposites of fire and water. When one of them prevails on the other. When fire beats water, what happened to the water? The water isn't here anymore. Why? Because the water became part of the fire. The fire forced the water to become fire. So too, the godly soul wants to force the animal soul to become, become godly. and if so, So this is impossible. Kim they got to get close. The dapku, and they got to cleave. these two souls. like two people fighting with each other. his apkus, that's called wrestling. like a, a person wrestled with him. This is what it says in Zoyar, the time of, of davening is a time of battle. Both souls are fighting with each other. And each one wants to prevail over the other and to subdue him and get the other one to become absorbed in him. And now we're going to understand the reason why if you're davening, if you're davening well, sometimes it's possible to daven and you're davening, you're having a very, very high davening and you're not going to experience disturbing, distracting thoughts. But that's nice once in a while, but that's not called davening well. To really daven well is to, to provoke the animal soul to get upset. You want to, you, you want to provoke him because you're trying to change him. So you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it, you, you got it. But when you're going to try to change him, you're going to, get, you're going to get a counter-argument. And the counter-argument are the ugly thoughts of the animal soul in which it's going to share with you what it really wants. See what's going to happen? The animal soul is going to be forced to, sh- in order to distract you, you're saying that God is beautiful and wonderful and nice. The animal soul is going to say, I have something else that I think is beautiful and I want to share it with you. And that's a very ugly, ugly kind of beauty, but that's what the animal soul is interested in. So what... So that's where, that's the reason why dafka during davening sometimes one is going to experience an intensification of negative thoughts, and that's not a sign that you're not davening. It's a sign that you're actually davening really well. That's the idea. Don't explain it more. So now we turn over the page to page two fifty seven. Because now he's going back. To the idea that it's, he's going to show you 
the type of prayer that we spoke earlier, the Shabbos Diga prayer, the prayer that's not called a war. And he's going to say that prayer is going to be a very, very tranquil prayer. You're not going to have disturbing thoughts. The problem with that is that after davening, after your prayer is over, after that tremendous, beautiful spiritual experience is going to end, you're going to go back to being the same coarse person that we were before. Nothing is going to change. Because only your soul davened, but your body didn't daven. And we see, we see, it's possible to have prayer with a lot of kavana. Right after davening, a person continues to engage in the, in the foolishness, in the silly things of the world. And you do it now. That's not a bad thing. A person has to make a living. A person has to involve himself with the material world. Ah, but the, the problem is that the person is doing it with all of his heart and all of his soul. And that's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to do physical things, but we're supposed to do them without the passion. The passion is supposed to be in our spiritual endeavors. And the silly things of this world, in the vanity of the world, but we're putting into it our, all our heart and all our soul. It's as if he never davened. It's as if I never davened. And a person might think, a person might come to an understanding. This wasn't a true prayer. If this happens a couple of times, you start wondering, is my prayer true? Did I really, or is it just a fantasy? Maybe I was just imagining that I'm loving God, but I felt love. So he said, Ebba says, no, 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 it's, it's true love, but it's too lofty. That's the problem. It's, it's true, the love, but it's too lofty because you're not connecting it to your ordinary you. You're only davening from the higher you. You're not davening from the regular you. When you daven, you have to engage the regular you. If it would have been true, with all heart and soul. It says in the Pasuk, Now he's giving the argument. He's giving the argument why a person might become um, so uh, broken hearted and think that his davening wasn't real. And he'll bring a proof. It says in, in, in uh, Mishle, I think, 16 is Mishle, yeah. It says, Sfas emes, the language of truth. How do you know if something is truth? Tikkun la'ad, because it lasts forever. Va'adar gia, but if it dies out, if it calms down, l'shoin sheker, it's the tongue of falsehood. That means, if something disappears a little while later, it means it wasn't really true. How do you know if you have a true inspiration? And it's, if, if, or, or, if, you're, if it doesn't die out tomorrow, if you continue, whatever. Avala emes, but the Rebbe says you shouldn't think that way. Prayer that even, that this prayer that you have this um, momentary spiritual blissful experience, it's called true. It's, don't think it's, you're, you're, you're imagining it. It's true. You just, you just experienced your soul. That's nice. So therefore it's called Tzfas Emes, it's true. Because your Nisham is always loving God. You experienced your soul. And what happened after davening? After davening, your soul left your consciousness and your animal soul entered your consciousness. Our animal soul goes in, becomes present in our consciousness. So the, what are we feeling? We're feeling what our animal soul desires. It's not that your neshama stopped loving God. Your neshama is continuing to love Hashem. But your neshama has now moved out from the... Because as we learn in Tanya, 
you only have one stream of consciousness. And only one soul can occupy it. So it's either your godly soul that's occupying it, or your animal soul. So during the time that you were davening, your, your godly soul was given the microphone, and it was expressing itself. That's why you felt it. Now after davening, the animal soul let go of the mic, stepped off the stage, and you went back to your animal soul, and your animal soul didn't daven. So it wasn't that my davening isn't true because I'm not because I'm not because it's because after davening I'm not davening anymore. After davening you're still davening. The part of you that davened is now also davening, which means it's also holy and godly. The reason why you're feeling now that you're not you're not interested in godly things, you're interested in pizza. That's because now you're now now you're feeling the part of you that never davened, because you're never included it in your prayer. That's what he's saying. So it's called Tzfas Emes Mitzadis Oyderis Nefesh Olikis because of the arousal of the godly soul. Sheruach Adam Oyla BeEmes because the spirit of man is truthfully going up. Mitzad Tivoy Vishorshoy. This is its nature. This is its root. Kenis Galiel. Ula Avoid Zoyshol and Nefesh Olikis Mitzad Atzma. And this Avoid of the godly soul on its own. It lasts forever. It doesn't have a change forever. Like it says, The neshama that you have put into me, she's pure. But this, that after davening, a person returns to become connected to to, to alien desires, to foreign desires, shall have of the stupidity of the world. This is because the animal soul reasserted itself. that remained in the body, in all its strength. she did not budge one iona. Vitiva and her nature klal at all at the time of davening at the time of the service shall nefesh the kiss of the godly soul because the net because the animal soul is distant and she separated the and she doesn't have any connection to the service of the godly soul on the on the contrary she runs away from anything godly when she sees that god that you're busy with something godly she goes running the little dog goes running and and, and hides under the couch and it sits over there till you finished praying and then it comes back out. Here I am. Hazeh shall nefesh kiss of the godly soul. Valzeh nemer. this it says, Va'adar gia uloshen sheker. Oh, that and 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 if it calms down, it's the it's the it's the it's the tongue of falsehood. That's talking about a case where you prayed, and the animal soul also got excited a little bit because that's meaning a person did tinker a tiny bit with their animal soul, got their animal soul also excited about holiness and spiritual and connection to Hashem, but being that it wasn't a thorough job, so the animal soul kind of joins along for a few minutes. You catch its interest, but you haven't really transformed it. So therefore, after davening, very quickly, it will go back to what it was before. Even if the animal soul at times can have an isoidus, can have some kind of an arousal by davening, the eskami Hashem, that it too should go up in to, with a desire to Hashem. It's only very quickly. 
Avomiyad, but very but instantly. Yeshboy Shinoi, she has a change, she has a change of heart. The Tachser Lekilkula. And she goes back to her destructive ways, to be drawn downward. Like the essential nature of the animal spirit, that is always going down, as we know. However, if the godly soul fights with the animal soul, and is victorious over the animal soul, to subdue the other side, the side of the klippa, to completely subdue utterly, until she will become completely absorbed in it, that she too will become like the spirit of man, but if a person davens in a different way, in which they concentrate their energies to get the animal soul on board that she as well should become an, 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 an ally to the godly soul and, and join the godly soul in its journey towards deeper connection to Hashem. There should only be one unified desire to God alone. The ain't are ita, and there's no foreign, there's no foreigner, Kineskliel, so by her too it says the tongue of truth stands forever. There is no change. Because the two of them cleaved and they became included in the godly soul. She can't be separated anymore to be an entity on its own. To be an entity on its own. Where do we find that? That a person is able to once and for all transform their animal soul not to be an animal anymore, but to be an elevated being. Well, that's perfect tzaddikim. Shalibam bershusam. Their heart is completely in their, in their, in their rishus, in their, in their, um, in their domain, in their control. Because the neshama of the, in the mind is dominant over the heart. And it is enough to those who understand. So now we're going to start Pere Gimel. Now behold, you can't count the pages. What's very unique about this mimer, and as you can see, that this is one of those mimerim that is so practical. It is so, this is no, we're not learning anything over here. This entire mimer that's abstract, you know, distant stuff. This is like head-on chasidus. This is how you, you ought to, like it really gets into the kishkes of being a Jew and how to live a Hasidic life by using the idea of medit- meditative prayer to transform yourself and the like, and the various different levels of it. It's phenomenal. What? If we don't daven, it's very hard to do this. This is obviously an exercise of prayer. Oh, oh yeah. So then, the, the, to some degree, you do it in the in the davening that you do. You don't have to do it uh, right in the formal davening. Now, when the spirit of man fights with the spirit of the animal. So now we learned what the objective is. The objective is for the godly soul to transform the animal soul. 
But in order for that to happen, the godly soul has to make itself vulnerable to get hurt. Right? In other words, it has to put itself in a position where it might have to get dirty. Why will it get dirty? Because in order to fix the animal soul, it must engage it. And when you're going to engage someone in an argument, their arguments are going to enter into your mind. You're going to have to hear. If you're not, if you're sticking, if you if you if you say if you go if you go meet someone who you have, you know, you really feel that person is doing something wrong, and you want to win them over, they should stop doing it. If you're going to go out and say, I, I, you know, I want to argue with you, but you're going to go argue to convince the person, and you're going to stand there and go like this, stick your hands, and just yell at them. Then obviously you're not arguing. You're going to have to listen and allow the person to argue back. Now, if they're a heretic, for instance, let's say that person is a heretic, they're a non-believer, you are going to have to hear this person's heresy and take it in. That's horrible. But you have no choice. Because that's the only way that you're going to be able to, to have an impact on that in person. So you're going to have to let them talk as well. If it's a neighbor of yours that has very, very, very vulgar language, you're going to have to expose yourself to that vulgarity if you want to stop them. If you don't want to stop them and for the rest of your life have to suffer from the fact that you have a neighbor that does so and so and so and it's not good, so you're going to have to go out there and, 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 and bring about an argument Part of their argument is you're going to hear a horrible language and which you don't want to hear, but you're going to have to hear it. And you're going to argue it out and hopefully win the argument and win the thing. Fine. Not always, let me put it this way, with a neighbor sometimes it's better not to fight and leave it as it is. Leave it alone. But if, if the neighbor is, is living inside your heart, that nasty neighbor, uh, it's not, and that means that the rest of your life you're going to have to be living with that nasty neighbor. It's not the smart thing to let it go because then you're going to be living in then you're going to be living in dichotomy you're going to be living in suffering your entire life you want to win over the, 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 the other side in order to do that you have to make yourself vulnerable for the things we're holding on page 258 so now we go like this when the spirit of man wages war with the spirit of the animal so then it's 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 a must. They should they should um, tangle the They should get close one to the other. And this is the root of the reason for why during davening a person gets negative thoughts. at the time of davening dafk. more than any other time. Because the time of war, the time of davening is the time of battle. This is the time that the godly soul nil is is fighting. It wants to it wants to uh, defeat the animal soul. The and the main defeat will not come. will only come as a result of this tang- entanglement. when you're coming close. Like in the war that we spoke earlier between two people. And the same is also in davening. When the godly soul wants to convert. Even the bad that's in the animal soul. That's when it's getting close. And it tangles with the animal, with the animal soul. And 
obviously if the if the godly soul grabs the animal soul, then the animal soul is going to be grabbed by the godly soul. So the nefesh of Bahamas misached, and the animal soul now unifies the nidbak and gets connected beneficially kiss in the godly soul. Levalvala to distract her bemachshavizaris in these negative thoughts. She's totally opposite. You might be interested right now in Ashrei. I am right now completely not interested in Ashrei. That's the last thing that the animal soul is thinking that it wants to think about Kvod Malchuscha, the glory of God's kingdom. It does not, it's not interested in the glory of God's kingdom. It wants to think about Yankul, somebody who insulted it yesterday. That's what it wants to think about. Right? It wants to harp, harp on someone saying something not nice to him. Or it wants to harp, or it wants to think about, you know, uh, some other entertaining or whatever that entertains the animal soul. He's not interested in this. Well, miskaberes bechol koicha. Since it's, since it's the total opposite of the Ruach Adam, that's why she intensifies with all of her power as then. Dafka, Dafka by davening, to distract the person with, with various negative machshavas. Page 258, Perigil. Such negative thoughts would never have occurred not at the time of davening. You're wondering how come all day long I'm not a dafka when I'm trying to daven, dafka when I'm trying to concentrate, dafka when I want to get close to God, I have to experience such lowly things. Kibashas Muhammad Dafka, Dafka at the time of war, it is the nature of the one that is being fought at, his gaber to fight back, with all of his strength, on the one that attacked him. To be victor, to, to defeat him, and to subdue him, that he should become included in him. as we said earlier. That's why the animal soul will at that time of davening intensify itself. to subdue the kiss to the godly soul. The god the animal soul says no. Not only are you not going to pick me up to go where you want to go, I'm going to stop you from going there. It doesn't want the godly soul to have its way to be able to, you know, soar to heaven. I want you to join me in my, in my physical escapades. That's what I want. I want you to come along and have a good time with me in the material enjoyments of this world. That it should be like the nature of the animal soul. That is going down. And these are, this is the hisgabros, the intensification of the negative thoughts. Which isn't the case when the godly soul doesn't want to fight with the animal soul. When the godly soul is serving God on its own, and it doesn't want to convert the animal soul. In other words, when the neshama is not bothering, when the neshama is not a threat to the animal soul, then the animal soul doesn't care. So if you have a very spiritual davening, and you're not trying to bother your animal, then the animal soul is kind of happy, do your thing and leave me alone. And that happens on Shabbos prayer, 
because Shabbos, as we said earlier, is such an elevated time, the neshama kind of precedes godliness right away, and the neshama like, gets such a beautiful experience during davening, and the animal still is waiting for the chalent and for the kiddush club after davening, and I'll wake up then, you know? Just, <laughs> please don't forget to wake me up for the chalent. That's all it wants. It doesn't care about it, the whole, the whole situation. And you'll see, davening Shabbos, you won't necessarily get negative thoughts. But if you're davening in a way of davening in which you're, 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 you're trying to bring it down, 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 that also your regular you should, 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 should realize how foolish and, and, and small-minded it has been by all of its um, 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 obsession with, 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 with the narishkeit of the world then uh, it feels threatened and it doesn't want you to ruin its enjoyments. Please don't ruin my pleasure. I'm having a good time. Don't ruin my, 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 my life. I'm not going to bother you. You don't bother me. Leave me alone. Now this is a very, 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 very interesting stuff that we're going to learn now in the next few pieces here. <laughs> stuff that I haven't really seen anywhere. Unbelievable. Just like the soul itself is eternal, and the neshama does not, the soul itself does not get lost or does not expire. A physical thing expires. A soul doesn't expire. But here's an amazing thing. Also, all the koychos that that emanate from the soul, they don't have an ibu, they don't get lost. And according to this, even one thought, that a person thinks, never gets lost. That means every thought you've thought, that a person thought, that thought is an eternal existence. It's not made up. Thought is not physical. So therefore, it's not like speech. Speech is physical. But thought is not physical. It's purely spirit. And therefore, that it should end. It should. And since the thought is a, a hispashtus, it's a um, diffusing of light and energy of the essence of the soul, and the soul is spiritual. So we have to say that this thought, just like the soul is eternal, <coughs> So to the thought is also eternal. Just like the soul itself remains, lasts forever. And if so, when the soul leaves the imprisonment of the body, all the powers that have emanated from this neshama goes out from the soul, goes out of the body, and even one thought, even one thought from the billions of thoughts that we think, go out from the body, and never get lost. Fine. This is like a new idea suddenly in the Mimer, that the eternity of the soul is not only on the neshama, but all of our thoughts are lasting. Unless we erase them, and we could erase them, because I'm sure we're not too proud of all of our thoughts. But, but that, that's... And according to this, 
comes out that all the alien thoughts that were not for a holy purpose, that were not for God, that a person thought all of his days of vanity in this world. This world is called a life of Hevel, of Narishkeit, because most of the time we're busy with Narishkeit, with, with, with silly things. Even one of them has not get lost, but says, when this when this soul goes out of the body. Ah, and even speech also remain also remain alive. stated elsewhere. and the proof is that how do you know that speech remains forever? We would think that speech maybe is more physical, and as we spoke earlier, physical does expire and disintegrate. Maybe speech would also. No, he brings a proof. It says, After a person passes away, they will bring to the person's attention everything the person spoke. Even a little light conversation that a person had with his spouse, it says, even that, they will, they, you will one day come back to face to face that conversation. But the but the hevel, um, the the breath of the letters of speech, who nishar ba'avir remains in the ear. That means the difference between speech. Speech also lasts forever, but speech remains somewhere outside of you because that's what speech is. It goes out. So it's an existence in this world. When it comes, however, to thought. It's not just that the thought remains forever. Since a thought is experienced inside the soul, so that means that these thoughts are kind of attached to the soul mamish forever and ever. It is also known. Good, so now we have that, that idea. Now let's take it now next step. It is also known. Now he adds another very fascinating idea. A soul cannot exist without a container. There always has to be a container. What's the container? That's the body. That means uh, to be a bodiless soul cannot exist. You're looking at me like crazy. What do you mean? Before Neshama comes down here, it's a bodiless soul. No, there's always a body. When it comes down here, it's a very physical, dense body. Up there, it's a very subtle body. But there has to be a body. Pure energy without a body can't exist. The analogy to that is just like fire can't exist without, without some body holding it down or else it disappears. So to your soul is an energy. It will go back. It, doesn't, it can't be in, in any existence without some kind of a container. We don't find that the soul should be in existence without a, without a vessel. And if the soul goes out of one body, immediately it enters another body. That does not mean a physical body. Hold it. We might think, does that mean that reincarnation happens the second the soul leaves the body? Boom, it has to go into... There's no such a thing as a soul being without a body. No, he's not saying that. He says, and even the truth is, it seems like he's saying that if a neshama is in one body, it's possible for it to go immediately and take in another body. It's possible. But even the neshamas that go up in Gan Eden, 
which means to a place where there's souls without bodies, over there too they become enclosed and expanded into a keli. explained elsewhere that there's some kind of a lavush, some kind of a garment. It's understood. How they move them, it's understood. Now, if that's true about the soul, it's also true about the thoughts. Shegam hamachshav is also the thoughts. Shemepchenasespashdes oira. They are, they are an illumination of the soul. Heima bedoyim ala. They're similar to the soul. Bedavar azeh in this matter. Shei efshalem leiskayim. They cannot be beliyespashdes pekeli without taking hold in some kind of a keli. Maachar since some kind of a vessel, some kind of a container. Since they are spiritual energy, and every spiritual thing needs something to hold on to. And every light and spiritual energy, doesn't have an existence without being enclosed, and has to go into a vessel, which is the body. And this is where we find. This is why we find that it's possible that an entire soul to be, to be enlivened. Ah, an amazing thing. It's a scary thought. Sometimes the soul of a certain human being, the entire soul of a human being, I mean, psychiatrists. Psycholo- psychologists would have a heyday if they can only uh, 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 um, kind of accept this phenomenon. That sometimes a person's soul is just a combination of someone else's thoughts. It's a bunch of thoughts together, a combination of a, meaning it's not an original soul. It's just hispashtus, it's expansion of a bunch of bunch of, 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 of thoughts that have come together and it needs a keli. And the keli is, the, is this. Look at this. One body. From many uh, alien thoughts. A bunch of them together. Put it this way. One, one thought itself can't enliven a body. But when you have a bunch of thoughts together... It becomes like an entire soul. Oh, but it's interesting, not a human being. So it's, it's, it's uh, the reason why I, I was thinking a moment. He's not saying that a chas on a human. That a human can be the product of someone else's th- bunch of thoughts. And that's why I was, I was going to say that's why a psychiatrist can end up saying to someone, you're such a mess, because I don't even know whose thoughts you are. It's a bunch of crazy thoughts that someone had that got together now and then you wonder why there's such craziness in your life. Because <laughs> all I am is a bundle of someone's confused thoughts. But, no, he's not saying that. He's saying that Akoponim, these thoughts can come down and they, be, they can become the spirit of an animal. It can come the spirit of a mazik. Of, of, of some kind of a demonic force or, some kind, or even just the physical animal so you never know if the cat that's running around next door that's freaking you out might have a soul of, of your thoughts that you had three years ago how do you like that you wonder what the cat is doing 
or the or the or the uh, sometimes sometimes you walk outside I've had this scary thing when you get a raccoon or someone who's in the cellar who knows what the spirit of that raccoon is from the thoughts that I could have been thinking the Yasrim and they bring pain the Adam and they and they and they pursue a person as they as it stated elsewhere I think also he means more spiritual kind spirits that or entities that 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 can go after a person especially if it's a yeah, this that we say that your that a person's thoughts can create an entire soul, a living being, the higher the neshama is, the more powerful its emanations are. So from a, a, a from a from a lower grade neshama, its thoughts are very weak because the whole neshama is weaker. So its thoughts are not so potent. So let's say in order to create an entire soul, you need a thousand watts of energy. A regular person being that a soul is not so powerful, so then is, is I mean, of course, relative, so therefore his, his, his emanation thoughts, even a bunch of them, will not make up a thousand watts. But if you have a very, 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 very powerful neshama, so then even just its thoughts are so, are so intense that a few thoughts like this, you'll have a full a thousand watts to be able to be the... the um, a soul of a of of of, of an of, a, of some animal or something. Um, stated elsewhere. The her um, foreign thoughts fall down. It becomes a whole nefesh lamata. and it goes into a body. Basically. It's possible that it becomes an enemy of yours that's making you tsaris. And it's your own thoughts that have now created that person. So it seems like it could be a person as well. That someone is being, someone enters someone's life and that person is making you miserable. It could be that that person is nothing other than your own thoughts that have now come back to haunt you. The yesh nesham is gevoyes, the high thoughts, and from their whole, from their foreign thoughts, the droppings of them, it can create an abundance of, of, of energy below. Like the, the, the branch or the, um, the, 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 the leaf of a very, 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 very great tree, can create a fruit in a tree that's lower than it. Exactly how the science of this is, I don't know, this, uh, the, 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 this botanical aspect, where the leaf of a, of a higher quality tree can become the fruit of the lower tree. Not exactly sure what that means. The nimtza comes out, sheribu, yeah, No, it's a high. No, it's not a good thing. It's just it, it, shefa rav doesn't mean good shefa. It means a lot of energy. Yeah. Oh no! If it's a high neshama, then its machshav zaris can create very powerful negative forces. It's negative forces because it's a machshav zara. No, high meaning it's more powerful. If he does kedusha things, it's very good. But if it's a machshav zara. It's very negative. It's very powerful. Yeah. 
Benimtza comes out, that many foreign thoughts of the spirit of the animal, a person can create many enemies to himself. They're called mekatrigim, they're called accusers, umaziken, and demons. They pursue a person, and they become ritzua, they become a, a, a whip, to beat the person, to cause the person suffering. Because they come in a, an enclosement in a body. Until they're literally, it seems like they are enemies, but they're really created from the person himself. And in truth, these are his thoughts. That he thought, in his nefesh and the spirit of his animal all his life. And based on this, it's understood. So now we can understand. We said earlier that when you're, when you're, when a person is is dominating, a person is going to have because you're provoking your animal soul, the animal soul is going to knock, is going to is going to throw a, a lot of, is going to throw at you negative thoughts. So the Rebbe says. Based on this idea, that from negative thoughts you can create entire, entire entities that are opposing you, comes out that that when it says in the pasuk "Pada b'shalem nafshi," that you saved me from my enemies, we can be talking. Who are the enemies? These are the negative thoughts that you have during davening. These are your enemies. Why are they? You say, why is my negative thoughts an enemy? The answer is, if you don't take care of it, these negative thoughts can actually literally become your enemies. You know what I'm saying? In other words, he's trying to prove to us, because this whole thing that we learned now in the last couple of minutes from here, in the last 10 minutes, is all a parenthetical idea. It seems to be, it's not, till now we were talking about the two souls fighting, and when one fights the other one, then the other one provokes and will throw negative thoughts. Now the Rebbe is adding that these negative thoughts, they're called your enemies. Why are they called your enemies? Because if they go unchecked, they will eventually enter into a body of something that will come to haunt you. In some way, become a menace. Literally become a menace in your life. Oh, so now the question is, how do you become saved, not from these menaces, but how do you be, save yourself from the thoughts that will become menaces? And that, therefore the thoughts themselves are called my enemies. Because they can become your enemies. And this is the meaning of when it says, Behold your enemy's God. Your enemy's God. What does it mean? Your enemies that stand against God. The enemies that stand against God means the enemies that stand against the Yud Kei that's in your Neshama. Every Yid has a Yud Kei Vavke, has Hashem Avai, has the Tetragrammaton in his soul. The enemies that stand against that are these thoughts that now are coming to oppose the Neshama. In a Yidu, it is known the shame of who a mayor, the name of God shines, Bechol Nefesh, kiss at every godly soul. The fish of Etzelem, Elikim, Asa Adam, because Hashem made the person in the image of God. Bebei Shema is Tavaya Velokim, with the two names of Avaya and Elokim. Commission Kosov, Vayitzar Hashem Elokim, Asa Adam, when God created man, he used both names, the Tetragrammaton, Shema Avaya, and the name of Elokim. And these enemies that oppose the Havaya, the Yutke Vavke, that is shining in the godly soul, 
These are when the negative thoughts start bombarding a person. Coming from the animal soul, at the time of davening. So these are my enemies. Sha'oz misgaberis, as we spoke earlier, it's at that time that the animal soul gets upset and she fights back with all of her strength. Lil is to fight with the godly soul, as we said earlier, the shas krava, that dafka during the time of davening is a time of war, and by way of analogy, people that are fighting, that are wrestling with each other, so the animal soul wrestles v'nechezes and becomes attached v'nidvekes and becomes cleaved, cleaves b'eskarvus otzom with a powerful closeness beneficially kiss with the godly soul k'dele natzcha b'machshavizaris as we spoke earlier in order to pr- to beat the godly soul with its with its machshavizaris so those machshavizaris those stray alien thoughts they are the enemies k'neskel as we said earlier. So then these enemies of God, which, because since they oppose the godly soul's desire to cleave to Hashem, they're called the enemies of Hashem, because the godly soul is Yudke Vavke. Which these are the negative thoughts. But guess what? When the wrestling takes place, these thoughts get stronger, not just because you're provoking me. Let's understand something. It's an amazing thing. It's not only because you want to impose your will, I'm going to fight back. But there's also something else. The very fact that you're entering into my space is you're giving me energy. You know what's happening? The godly soul, I think it works like this. When two people are arguing, the two people, each of them, is feeding off the energy of the other. Understand what I'm saying? Even when you're fighting, so one of them has, is pushing with a lot of power in one, in, in one direction. The other person is taking the momentum that was created from the, from the energy that was that way, and that momentum itself is empowering a stronger thrust the other way. So each one is feeding off the energy that the other is. is. Each one is kind of draining the energy of the other into themselves and using that energy. So what's happening during davening is that the godly soul, if, if you daven correctly, the godly soul is empowering the animal soul, not just provoking the animal soul, it's actually empowering the animal soul to have a certain oomph, to have a certain strength, to have a certain intensity in its love for, let's say, its lust, should become a stronger lust, because it has now not only its own power, it has the power of the godly soul that got close. So, that's a very negative thing. But it's the only way you're going to win the battle. In other words, you're going to have to, even though there is a certain empowerment taking place where the godly soul will be giving energy to the animal soul, the only way you can get the final results, and that is the defeating of the animal soul, is by getting close and maybe temporarily giving him some, giving him some, some fuel. But eventually you're going, to, you're going to convert him. You're going to win him over. That's the idea. There's a give and take taking place over here. So as he says, they get extra energy, and life, from the godly light, what's in the godly soul? Because in truth, because he's, now he's going to add the idea, 
Klippa, the unholy, doesn't really have life. A little bit of life is given to them. In order for them to really get strength, they have to get it from Kedusha. And when you are going to fight them, in that decision to fight them, you're actually giving them life. It's similar to the idea that we say that when we go to Gullus, when the Jewish people go to Gullus, why are we going to Gullus? We're going to Gullus to convert the Klippa. We're going into whichever nation we're going in to convert the soul of that nation to holiness. But in that process, it's what's called Gullus Hashchina. That nation becomes very powerful and very strong because they receive extra energy. So just like it is within the outside world and the big and the, and the macro, when Jews go to a certain nation, that nation temporarily becomes very powerful. And but the only way we can we can we can do a beer is by allowing that empowerment. The same is also true in our own little world that our own klipa becomes stronger from 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 the war. Keep MS because in truth, evil does not come down from above. Evil cannot live with God. And it says another possible from the mouth of the one above, negative can't come forth. But from the psoiles, from the residue, from the, from the uh, uh, what do you call the. the oh, Solus means how you try to translate from the dregs, from the dregs of good, the ra, the evil gets yanika. As we know in the idea of inyan eitzadas tevera, and the idea of the eitzadas, this is this relation. And wherever there is increased goodness, where goodness is intense, the ra comes to that place because it wants to derive, it wants to steal some energy there. Like Chazal say, whoever is bigger, whoever has a greater spiritual potential and spiritual energy has a greater evil inclination. Yitzray Gadol has a very big Yitzhahara. And he gives a simple example. Ginovim, thieves, shoydedei laila, um, those that are shoydedei, um, they are the gangsters of night, the bandits of, of, of night. Shamoisrem nafsham, where do they... Where do these robbers put their efforts? They want to break into a bank. They want to break into a place where they know they can get, they, there's going to be a, a hefty, uh, you know, there's going to be, there's a great prize waiting for them. They're not, they're not risking their lives for some measly, silly little whatever. stated elsewhere. And that's the reason. When you're davening, you're actually increasing your spiritual awareness and consciousness. You're becoming very enriched with... It seems to be a little bit of a... You see? This seems to be a little bit of a different reason than we were saying before. Earlier we were saying seems to be the reason why the clip is giving you all these negative thoughts is because you're doing what? Because you're threatening him. Because you want to enter into his space and you want to wrestle with him. You want to bring, join him on your team. Here he seems to be saying that the mere fact that you're increasing the energy of the godly soul is making you a target. And that's why a yid has to always know every time you have a, 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 a special merit, a special schos, or a special thing in which you've, you've done a very big mitzvah, you have to realize that you have to be careful afterwards. Why? Because you become more of a target to the side of the unholy. At the time of Davin, 
That's when the nefesh alikis becomes stronger. Bechol koycha with all of its power, lahapachkam nefesh bahamis to convert also the animals. So kanalas dafke that dafke that us dafke dafke then iskar of a nefesh bahamis the nefesh bahamis gets close. Bechol koycha with all of her power, ledabek benefesh alikis to cleave to the godly soul. Bemachshav izaris with its negative thoughts. Because every time you do give room for that thought, let's say a person allows the thought to come in, at that moment, the person becomes a tube, I'm sorry, becomes a, a, a source to give energy to the klipa. You're, giving, you're feeding the klipa. It becomes a mixture of good and bad more through this entanglement. It is known the rule, the altar rather says this in Tanya, that if you wrestle with someone that's dirty, with someone that's filthy, no matter you, you know, you have to wrestle with someone. For whatever reason, this person was a terrorist, this person was a dangerous person. They were in the middle of a place, they pulled a knife, God forbid, and this person needs to be wrestled. And two people or whatever, one person goes and wrestles with this guy, if this person stinks, or smells, or has dirt on them, the one who is wrestling with them is going to get that dirt. It's going to get dirty, or smelly, or whatever it is, as well. Can't wrestle without. Since he needs to entangle to tangle with him in a very, very close manner. Even though you defeat him and you make him fall, at the time of this chibuk, he got dirty, even Nidbak boy became attached to him, from the filth, of the filth, of this menuval, of this. And then a person needs to be washed. A person needs a big scrub afterwards. And this is the way it was when Yaakov. Uh, uh, wrestled with the minister of Esau, even though he defeated him. Even by Yaakov, Yaakov became soiled from the from this fight with Esau. Why? Kamaimer is how do you know he got he got dirty? It says that when they were when they were wrestling all night long, they were kicking up a bunch of dust, and Yaakov got dusty, got dirty. Shehelu avak they brought up the dust. Huh? Yeah, or you get another example that's, yeah. But still, the dust is coming from the fight, not necessarily from the, huh? No. And similar to this is Bichala Birurim. In all the time that we do what's called Birurim, where we're trying to sift out something good from an unholy place, the sifter who is going to sift it out, who's going to do the selection, is going to get a little dirty from that thing that he's selecting from. The mevarer, the one that's doing the bitter tzarech lehislachlech, has to get himself soiled because of his garments. B'shas hislapshusay at the time that he is enclosing himself, levarer to do the cleansing. Ayadei levushim tzayim through those filthy garments shall hamizbarer of the one that is becoming, um, the one that's becoming um, uh, purified. K'mashimavua be'inyan through masadesh, as we know in the. Mitzvah of removing the ashes. That's the uh, when they took out the, the the ashes. Every day there was a mitzvah on the altar on the mizbeach to take a heap full of ashes and to put it outside 
uh, to put it on the side of the mizbeach, from the top to put it on the side of the altar. So it says that the kohen that did it would put on. The truth is not only by the haitzah sadeshin it was, not by the truma sadeshin. Um, I think it was by the haitzah even though he says truma sadeshin. I think that putting on the different garments was when they took the ashes from the side of the altar outside of the camp, and they used to take it to a place outside of Jerusalem, a place that's tahir, and put it over there. That involved the ability of getting dirty. So the, the halacha was that the Kohen, the Pasuk says in Parshas Achrimois, he should put on other clothing. And you should take it outside of the machna. Because you get dirty in the deshen. The, the, the clothing that a person wears when he's cooking, when he's in the kitchen cooking for his master, he shouldn't wear when he's serving his master. The idea is that certain jobs are going to get you dirty. And the same is also above in the work of this beer that happens. In the name of 52. The name of 52 is one of Hashem's names, Yudke Vavke, which is Gematria 52. When you do a Miloy, with a miloy, a filling of haze. And that will bring you to 52. So, and that birur, all the birurim, all the idea of rectifying holy sparks that have fallen down is associated with the rectification of the name of 52. B'chol golos ha in every golos, in every exile of the shekhinah, b'umay so'elam. What does that mean? As we said earlier, whenever the shekhinah, the shekhinah and the Jewish people enter into a certain exile in order to in order to elevate that nation. The sages say, The Jewish people went to Edom, the Shekhinah was with them. The Chsiv, as it says in the Pasuk, who is the one coming from Edom, and his clothing is, Chamutz is dirty, I think so. Pura darachti lavadi, I don't know exactly the translation of that. The Yez nitzcham al begodai, v'chom al bushai agaalti, and all my clothing I have gotten, agaalti, I've gotten dirty. When she comes from it says when the Abishta will come back from Golis Edom, he will come back, um, he will come back, um, his clothing, his garments of God is going to be soiled with blood from what from the from the from what he did in it, from the to- total destruction of Edom. Spiritually it doesn't mean a bloody war. It means the war that has been going on for the last few thousand years, the spiritual war. To convert Edom involved a, involved a certain soiling, a certain getting, getting dirty. And the same is also when the godly soul tangles with the animal soul. And they get very close. Even though it converts and it, 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 it is, it is, uh, it is uh, defeats and converts all the bad of these machshav Ultimately, Elias, Akira's Korotz and Zar built to Hashem Levadai, with a godly soul managed to uproot in the animal soul every negative desire that it should only want God and nothing else. Nevertheless, at the time that they're fighting, the godly soul becomes soiled with the, with the, with the, with the, with the, with from the. The filthy garments of the animal soul. These thoughts And now the godly soul needs to get a bath. It needs to be washed. The shif shif and it needs a grave. That's why no matter what, an neshama leaves this world, it needs to go through a certain washing. 
because it got dirty. Even if a person was a tzaddik, there was some kind of a filth that got dirty. And this is what it says in the Pesach. God says, I wash my feet. God's feet are the shechina that go down to the world. Hashem has to wash them. How can I make them dirty again? As explained elsewhere, in the Pesach, if God is going to wash the filth of Basion. Or when it says in, in, uh, that the mother should come, the tekanach, and she should wipe the filth of her son. Shehu anafashali kiss, which is the godly soul, needs to be washed. That's the mother, the shechina, has to wash. The, every, all the neshamas need to be bathed from their filthy garments, the nefesh of Bahamas, of the animal soul, be ofkam yachad when they wrestle together with Dailamavit. Okahai gavna and the lie call yinyan erev rav. And that's also the idea when after the Jewish people came out of Mitzrayim, certain, certain Egyptian things were, were still clinging to them. And these were these. Uh, 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 Egyptians that joined along the Jewish people, they came along with us. That means there were still some, some of them that got stuck like parasites. They came up with the Jewish people out of Egypt. These are where it says the riffraff amongst them, that they um, had a taiva. They had a, they, they, they had a, a lust for, for meat. And they caused bad for the Jewish people. All ra, all negativity that's closer and cleaves to good, that means like this, the Egyptians that were far, that didn't join along with them, wouldn't harm us. It's the Egyptians that came along with us and they cleave, they're the ones who cause more damage. Like stated elsewhere, the regarding the the uh, placenta of the child, that the placenta is very close to the baby. The enemies and those who hate the most the Jewish people, Am Kadosh, are holy people. Hem are those who serve the uh, meaning those nations. Those that are closest to good. Those are the ones who cause the most problems to the Jewish people. Like you see, Esav, he's a grandson, he's the closest to Kedusha. He's not just like a, a Gentile who's a son of some a person from Sodom or whatever. He's a son of Avram, he's a son of Yitzchak, and he becomes the greatest antagonist against Yaakov. Um, or even amongst the Jewish people, it's like the, you can have the biggest enemies is when they're coming from within yourself. Like the Shalei and Nam are Tachlis in Esenesen, the epitome of hatred, I hatred. The Philogerim, Sheba Umay Sa'olam, and even the converts from the nations, Kashem Li Yisrael, Kesapachaz, Vedar Lemeven. The Talmud says that on some way, I mean, of course, we, the, the, the idea, converts are very special. And we say, Vahaftim Esager, but the sages say that converts are difficult for the Jewish people, Kesapachaz, like uh, some kind of a, I think, a growth or some kind of an addition, Vedar Lemeven. Now we say, your enemies, God, are going to be lost. What does that mean? The enemies of God. When we say that the enemies of Hashem, they are the closest to the good. 
that is in the Jewish people. They're the, and they're the biggest enemies. Shem is Dapkim, because they're the ones that cleave They're the ones that are seeking to receive extra energy and vitality. Like when the person wrestled with Yaakov. That in this encircling, in this embrace, the Sar Shal Esav, the minister of Esav, received extra energy He received energy from, from Yaakov Avinu because Yaakov, Yaakov wrapped his hands around him. Yaakov transmitted his energy into him. Your enemies, God, will be, will be annihilated. But there is a line between no, because it says like this, and there is a line in between, I think, even though we might get worried and we might say that what? That if I get close to the Klippa, I will give them a Yenika Sachitzainim, I will give them a little bit of vitality, I will give them energy, I will support them, I will give them a boost. Nevertheless, this main dibuk is not a true, it's not a real connection. Why? On the contrary. They're coming to fight. The Ra wants to, wants to be misgaber on the good. They want to stay and they want to use the energy from Kedusha to rebel against God. That this oil and chayos that they receive because of their closeness on the dibuk shalis apkas azoyz guf of this cleaving of this connection heimam is gabrimlius lemenaged l'ashem the very energy that they got from cleaving to holiness they use it to fight against God achenigra oyve Hashem mamish they are called literally. Enemies of God. That's why there is a psik time, there is a, a line there. In other words, even though they're Oive Hashem, they're coming close, but you should understand that what they really want, they want to be completely separated. They're only coming close to Nash, but they, what they really want is not closeness. Like this, they get a they, they're able to connect to the Yutke Vavke to steal energy. Ah, in Oimar, what does the Pasik say? Hashem and the end they're gonna be lost. Even though temporarily they might win a battle or two, but they're gonna lose the war. Because all this extra yanika and, and giving of Shafat Rechitzainim be of Kamim Akdushalakis. When they fight with with holiness, is only temporarily. as it says, that the the hour plays out for them, meaning they have a good moment. it's the time of a fight. but after the war is over, when the godly soul eventually prevails over the animal soul, and defeats it, 
that ultimately the animal soul as well should be moiser nefesh. The whole and all of her desire built to Lashem Levadi should only be for God. Like we said earlier, you've prevailed over the Malach. Yaakov fought with the Malach, and for the time it was going this way and going that way. But in the end, Yaakov prevailed over it. In the end, he admitted to him. In the end, what happened? The Malach had to admit to him. And that's in the Jewish people in general. It's also in every individual Jew. Every single Yid also has this battle where he fights with the Sarish al Every Yid is called Kisarisa because every Jew is called Yisrael because every Jew eventually is going to win the battle. Kiyadua as it is known. And this is when we say Shema Yisrael. When we say Shema Yisrael, event, and we and we dive in the way we're supposed to, and then it becomes we achieve what from saying Shema and meditating correctly. What happens? We reach a point. Vahafta, you should love God with both your hearts. You finally achieve that even the animal soul joins along with the nefesh of the kiss. with both inclinations. as it is known. Even the bad is converted to good. Or at least it's completely subdued. Like a complete tzaddik. Whose heart is completely in his control. The mind rules over the heart. That means the heart has no opinion. The heart where the animal soul is. Which is called subduing. As we learned earlier. Then it's the opposite. Even though, as we're saying, even though in the beginning you will lose, like in every battle, you will lose in the beginning. Some you have to, you strengthen the enemy by just going into battle with them. But eventually, you end up defeating him. Once you convert the animal soul to kedusha, then there's no more chayus, no more energy going to the chitzonim to the external forces. You see what happened is like this. We spoke earlier. The chitzon and the klipa has a little bit of chiyos that Eberster gives them to begin with. We want to steal even that little bit. But in order to do that, we have to let them have a little more. Because we have to get into an argument with them. That argument itself gives them a little energy. But eventually it's to their, it's to their disadvantage. Uh, even the little bit that they had before. And this is what it says, Your enemies are going to be destroyed. It has been departed from them. Even the shayrish of what they were having earlier, they lost that as well. Even that which they had from before, they didn't gain. They only lost. And then automatically they're lost. Why are they lost? Because if they don't receive chayas from Kedusha, they're lost. Ra does not have any kiyom, only from good. The lamal shinim, they shouldn't have any hope. As it says elsewhere, that the klipa has swallowed a chayel wealth, but in the end they have to vomit it out. See, I will take out as boloi, that which he swallowed, me piff from his mouth. Shekol or v'chayas, all the energy and all the light, shebola min 
that it swallowed from holiness through the very wrestling itself, page 264. It's going to have to spit it out. We will take out from it all the good that was there. Even that which he had earlier. According to the measuring that measures out to each madrego what it should have. This is the way war works. When a person is matzeach, the enemy, he becomes his eved, the enemy becomes his servant. You will eat the spoils of your enemy. And in this manner we find by Avram Avinu Olavashalom. By Avram Avinu Olavashalom, Im Adalad Malachim with the four kings. When Avram Avinu went to fight against the four kings, the night split before them, and they defeat them. So he's going to learn something very deep in these words. Simply it means that Avram Avinu only was defeating them the first half of the night. And then, but what does it mean? This is the idea of psik taima. Psik taima is the idea that they get completely so you have Laila Hey. Laila Hey, that's the Shechina. The lower Hey of Hashem's name is called Laila Hey. Because the Shechina is the part of God that goes into the darkness. Daytime is the time of, of light, is a Kaddish Baruch, related to the sun. The moon is related to Shechina, darkness, night. Hey, Laila. Now the Klippas have energy receiving from the Shechina. They derive energy. Vayachalek halayim means they lose their yunika from the Shechina. Vayachalek halayim, Laila. The Madrig of Shechina is called Leila Hey. So Vayachalek halayim, it became separated from them, Laila. Liyos kemoy leil shemurim, it becomes a protected night. A protected night means that the Klippas don't have access to it. Mishim dehei tato, because the lower hey. The level of Malchus Machaya enlivens Gam Lechitzainim, also the extraneous forces. Like it says, and his kingdom he has established in everything, and therefore the Abish's kingship, which is Malchus, goes down all the way. What does it mean it became separated of them? Avram Avinu, through his Avoda, we're going to see soon, caused that he was able to. Pull out all chayos, all the energy from the chitzayinim. Since the avos, they are the markava, they're the chariot for God. And Avram Avinu, Allah Vashalom, was able to separate from his own nefesh abahamis in his body. All psoiles, all evil, he was able to push out, there was nothing there, his animal soul was stripped completely from all of its, all of its darkness, from all of its ugliness, and it became completely included in the neshama. So then there's no mokim, the fryanikas ha-chitzayinim, the chitzayinim can't, usually the, the chitzayinim use the animal soul as their chip, they plant a chip inside of us, that's our animal soul. And when the animal soul gets our neshama to be distracted by its, its fantasies, then the neshama is giving life to the animal soul. And when the neshama goes along with the animal soul, it's transmitting files to the klippa. 
That's how the klipa robs us. That's how the klipa drains our energy, our spiritual energy. Because every time we're thinking negative thoughts, we're automatically, they're hacking, as we spoke. They're hacking our system. And they're pulling whatever they can. Oh, but when, when a tzaddik goes and takes the animal soul and converts it completely to Kedusha, he has now disconnected the neshama from being able to be a a source. The shechina is the neshama. Hey, Laila. And there, and there, and, and now, he divided it. Till they don't have any abate to come close with dibuk and attachment, to hold on, and to cleave in the lower hay. Like after the total victory of the godly soul over the animal soul, as we said earlier, and then automatically on their own, the chitzainim don't have, the extraneous forces don't have any life, and they die. Like you see now, in Hollywood, the entire thing is collapsing. What's going on? Because Kedusha has won the war already. Everything is falling. It's mamish falling. Every day you're going to have more accusations and more accusations, and they're all going to plot one after another. Because they're, 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 it's, it's over. It's finished. The battle has been won already. Shanasa kebehemos. They become like animals, and then they become terrified of a person. Once Kedusha can stand up like a human, the Klippa runs away like animals running from a person. Then he can beat them. Through earth, it became swords, the Daila Maven, because they're running for their life, because they feel they have no energy left. And this that it says first yispardu, they scatter. So what's the difference between yoyvedu, they get completely annihilated, and yispardu, they kopayale of an old doers of bad. But in Yenhu, the idea is because we explained earlier, we spoke earlier that it's possible that from a person's machshavizaris, from a person's negative thoughts, he should create an entire soul that gives life to a living being, to some kind of a mazik. That a whole nefesh is created, beguf, in a body, from many negative thoughts. And these are called your enemies, that have chased after you. After the nitzuach, after the victory of the godly soul, to the animal soul. So what happens? Not only is the animal soul converted, but here's an amazing, beautiful thing. Once the animal soul gets converted, all its previous thoughts that it created, they too get converted. Why? Because they're just a derivative of the, of, 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 of the nefesh. Once the nefesh joins, so all the thoughts that they were only, they, they have the energy of the soul, are automatically converted. There's no more... Now, but what happens to those thoughts that have already enclosed themselves in bodies? So that's the difference. Thoughts that are not enclosed in bodies and thoughts that are, I think that's what he's saying. All the previous thoughts that Shekadma that came from before, now they too become only for God. The Einzar Itai, there's no leftover negative stranger over here at all. Hare kol, Hamachshav Ezar, Shachash, Vanefesh, Mekvar. 
So all those thoughts that the person thought before, will not spread its, will not continue to expand to come into bodies. They become completely nullified. Like the psoiles, like the residue that goes out, like when the wicked are destroyed, all good goes out of them. Through the tshuva, you're pulling the energy out of all these thoughts. See, but he, but he adds over here, it's not just enough to work that you're converting now your godly soul. But in order to convert the previous thoughts, it also involves a certain contrition and a certain um, uh, tshuva that you have to regret the fact that now maybe I'm already on a good place, but look at me, look how ugly I was for such a long time. And when you're thinking about that, that akira sarotzen, that uprooting of the desire of what you had, of all the taivas that a person had in the past, is now uprooting their, their nefesh from these thoughts. And they now become like empty, hollow uh, words that don't have any substance and they fall and they crash and they're gone. What remains over there is all the, all the energy became extracted. What's left is only just the epitome of the external schmutz. That doesn't have a tikkun, but that doesn't have any chayas. So that just becomes a bunch of just, just ash like burnt out ash, nothing and it's gone. For that you can't convert, that needs to be, that's the idea of tashlech. We go and we throw away the leftover after we did tshuva, the little bit of that which we can't convert, adois. When the wicked are destroyed, rina is a song. This is their rina, this is their tikkun. Like we see the mashal, of an aluka, aluka is some kind of a, a bloodsucker, like a parasite, something like that. It takes out the not good blood. And then she falls and dies. Leeches, that's what they are, leeches, the aluka. That the, that the ra eventually dies. Because we take out the chayus, and what's left is over just the psoiles, and then it dies. Kamamar, as Al-Chazal also say, La'asad lavai, when Mashiach will come, Yishchait le'yetzahara, the Ebershtu will shech le'yetzahara, V'zehu kosh, shakosav kine yavech Hashem, She'ein lahem birer yoyveidu le'gamra. So two things. There is the enemies that yoyveidu, the enemies that remain at the very end, yoyveidu, they get lost. And what does it say, yispardu? Those negative thoughts shall that were bad, they already expanded the and they already descended into a body. And they become real mazikin and makatrigin adam to rebuke a person, to bring Yasurim to a person, and to pursue after him. And they are called inflictions of man. Whether they're spiritual forces, enemies of a person, which you don't see, or sometimes they can even result in a, person, in, in a, in a physical human being that starts driving you insane. That's coming after you. Also those bodies, they will scatter. 
שגם שהם כבר מלובשים בגופים, לכאורה, once they are already dressed in a body, it kind of, they're like kind of safe. They're, they have, אבל לא יפעלו רק כלל, but they can't do any bad. בפני שיספרדו בבחינת פירוד ופיזור גדול. All these enemies scatter and they can't affect the person anymore. In other words, those that haven't entered into bodies yet, you can completely annihilate. Those that are in a body, so they will, they will, they will, they can't gang up on you anymore. They get scattered. Kamaimer is al pizol l'rishayim. When the rishayim scatter, hanolahem. It's a hanot to them. It's good for them. It's good for the world. Ki akibutz min kol hamachshav zaris. When these negative thoughts are all gathered together, nasa roiv am. They become a huge nation. Ha'oim dem. They standing lepchinas menaged lahem. They're standing against someone, whoever they're fighting against. They're fighting against the tzaddik or whatever. But when they scatter, each one on their own doesn't have the strength to stand against the person. They can only come as armies. Each one on his own, when they stand singular, they become bottle, completely because they're so little. Scatter them. When one gets up, that's like Kuma Hashem. When Kedusha becomes strong, the other side goes running in all directions. Then Neufeli falls. When Knesset Yisrael is constructed as a complete Koyma we know in Golos, Knesset Yisrael, Shechina is just Shechina. She's not built up with moichen, with keser, just a little nekuda. But when she gets fully built, when we build holiness, and simply it means within ourselves as well, when, we, when we're not just a little dot of a neshama, but when we take our neshama and take all the koiches that are there and fully develop them and expand them by learning chasidus and learning and understanding and meditating and getting ava, v'yira, and creating an entire structure of holiness... Then the klipa falls. On the other side, it becomes a scattered, and uh, they all go running. Page 266. They get, this, they get lost. Those are Those on the potential. Those machshavizaris that a person thought that never yet descended in bodies. Even those that came in bodies already. When there is a physical war, many get killed. And destroyed completely. And then there's many other ones that just scatter and run. Run for the hills. So these are the Inyanimus. This is Dafka now. And our days until Mashiach comes... We're still in the period of war time. We're in a war zone. But in the future it says, They will not do any more trouble. They won't do any bad. And the lion will be like cattle. It will eat straw. And a wolf will lie with the lamb. And a cow and a bear together will, will graze. At that time, now they scatter. But at that time, all creatures, all, even non-kosher animals, the, the presence of holiness is going to be so strong, so permeating the world, that there won't be anybody that needs to run or scatter because everybody's included in holiness. 
because the glory of God is going to be revealed. After we finish doing all the birudim, that I'm going to take the nations, not scatter them, but convert them into one language. We won't need a war anymore. They're all going to be in a state of bitl amiti. This whole war shall Bahamas of the godly soul with the animal soul. Now this war, this wrestling of the godly soul and the animal soul is only applicable in the part of the neshama that's enclosed in a body. That's the nefesh ruach neshama because we know the neshama itself has nefesh ruach neshama chayechida. So the nefesh ruach neshama that comes in an or pnimi, in an indwelling light, or bekli hagbala, and or in a mugbal keli, in a limited keli, kidu as it is known. That's where, in the levels of the lower levels of the neshama, is where the war takes place. It's going to explain, however, it's possible to transcend the war completely, where you don't have a bloody battle. And that is if you're Megala within yourself, the higher part of the Neshama, you're Chai, and especially if you're Megala the Yechida, then the Klippa melts away without a war. And that's the idea of Pada B'Sholem Nafshin. That you should have a Padiyah from the, from, the, from the war. You shouldn't have to suffer anymore from a Nefesh Bahamas that's giving you a headache. And how can you, without a war, just by the mere appearance of, the God, of this level of godliness, the other side just melts without having to fight it back and you don't get dirty and there's nothing because there's no there's no tangling now the law this madrig of nefesh ruach neshama trying to conquer the klipa that's by turning on the love of the neshama that you will love God with all your heart that means your nefesh kiss will do what? will love Hashem enough in order to what? To eradicate to eradicate the nefesh of Bahamas. With all your soul. But the chaya and the yechida of the godly soul. That is higher than the limitations of a limited of the of the vessel of the body completely, because it's only an encompassing light. Which is the great love of as it is known. Over there you can't say a war with the animal soul. Why? He's going to explain. And the explanation of the matter is. We will understand this. There's two levels in the Ur and in the Chayas of the Nefesh. One is an internal light. It's the Ur, the light, and the Chayas of the Nefesh that comes in the limbs of the body. Every limb, according to its chemistry, according to its Tchuna, Kamoi, in the keli of the moyach, of the brain, over there is where the light of the intellect shines. 
and in the keli of the eye, mishkan that's where vision, and the like. Until this chayus gets contracted less and less, bekelim, bekelim, shaynim, various different kelim, bevare aguf in the limbs of the body. Mamuzig, it is exactly measured out, rak lefitivayevarim, only according to the nature of the limbs. Shazawanikrabchenes or pnimi, this is called an indwelling light. Until it becomes the most mitzimtzum. Like how much chayas is there in the toenails? It gets less and less. Everything commensurate according to that particular limb or organ that it is giving light. stated elsewhere. But the encompassing light of the soul. That's like the essence of the soul, not its illumination to the body. But it's like more the, the essence of the soul. Shua ikkar va'amakar. It's the primary and the source. Shememenu ba'venimshach p'chenes espashtus or v'chayis the nefesh. From it comes the espashtus, the light and the chayis of the nefesh. Be'vare aguf in the limbs of the body. V'chol echad ve'echad kemizgoi. Everybody according to its what it from it comes that chayis that will address every part of the body in accordance to its its ability. According to this, it's understood that this mocker is called makif. It encompasses it encompasses all the particular expressions of the soul that enter and are internalized in the in the keli of the body from the head all the way down to the end, which is the feet. And includes them all together. The reason why it includes them all because the soul itself is not divisible. Beginning and end. Because it's higher than being enclosed in a vessel. So it's shining in a level of makif to the whole body. Beginning and end. In one sweep. Without any chiluk of levels, between the intellect of the mind, the tipayr and aregel to the toes, or kahaygam or the like. stated elsewhere. So just like it is, that's just in terms of life. There's the fact that you're alive. The energy of the nefesh is not broken up into pieces. It's one. It's one nekuda of life. Then from it emanates the various different emanations which settle in each part of the body. So the same is also, we'll understand, in terms of the nefesh kiss the godly soul. Shenikra chayachida, it's called chayachida. The chay and the yechida are the nefesh itself. The p'chinas arpnimi yanik naran. To the internal light that's called naran, k'niskaliyal nefesh ruch nesham. Tahayinu, what does that mean? Shepchinas amoychin chachma binavadas. The moichin, the intellect, the understanding. It's what I'm, I'm understanding, I'm grasping. It's grasped in the keli of the mind. That's called neshama, the part that's kiyadu as it is known. That the dwelling of the neshama is in the brain. The ruach, believe, and the ruach is in the heart, that's where the midas are. 
This is the internal light. Mugbal, it is limited. In the kalim of the mochin, each one according to their measure. Zoya says that every person experiences godliness differently. There is a seichel that has a spilos like this. And so to the spirit in the heart. Each ruach, the Abish to prepare is differently. And over there, everybody is different. It's the internal light. Limited in a vessel. Commercial or v'chayes hanefesh beivodei aguf, like the oir and chayes hanefesh in the limbs of the body. B'chol echad l'fi mizgoi, everybody according to its its uh, character or or chemistry. Kinnisgil, as we said earlier. Avo b'chenas hamakif the nefesh alekis, but the encompassing light of the godly soul. Ubchenas atzmi is the nefesh alekis, which is the essence of the godly soul. Shalamaylam b'chenas espashtus v'slapshus b'kliyamoychen, which is higher than the diffusement and enclosement in the keli of the moychen. Chachma bin Adas, Chesed Gvurit Teferes, Elohu b'chen nasa ikur v'amakor. This is the ikur and the source. Shememeno ba b'chen nasa spashtus oiras naran, and where the naran emanates from. Bekelim going into kelim moicha v'liba the brain and the heart. How came therefore our rosay b'chen nasa makiv? It's a ores encompassing. Soyve v'aleim and 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 surrounds it all. Bashva achas in one sweep. Head and end, mamish. Without any chiluk of levels, canal. Just like in physical life, you have the etzama nefesh, and then you have the espashtus of the koiches. The same is also in terms of the nefesh of the kiss. We have the godly soul, more of a spiritual life. There is the uh, each koyach of the nefesh, and then there is the nefesh itself, the dilemma. Let's learn a little further. This is the difference of the love of Bechol Nafshecha. The love of, of the Or Pnimi, that's the Naran. It comes in a limited way, it's very limited. According to the limitations of the vessels, the Moichavaliba of the brain and the heart. When you, but the great love, the bechol ma'oidcha of all your much ma'oid means much more than wakeh. Shuubchenas or makif, it's the encompassing light. Bilti mugbul b'kliya moyach, it's not limited in the keli of the moyach. Shalze omer rezal, chazal say al kol asara shchinta sharia. The shchinta dwells on top of ten people, and when you have a minion of ten, you don't feel a higher light. It's bigger than you. It's higher than understanding and appreciation. B'shem the bechenas yechida the nefesh lekis. Because the Yechidah of the godly soul, the reason why the Yechidah is higher is infinite, because in the Yechidah dwells the Ebishter himself. From there, the, the Klippas cannot take any, derive any energy, only from the part of the Neshama that is commensurate and com- compressed in the body. Save my Yechidah from the dog. My, my yechid is above being attacked by the dog, which is the klipah. And this is what it says, Even when I go in the shadows of death, I don't, feel ba- I don't fear bad. Because you're with me. What does it mean, you're with me? It means there is a part in me 
where you are with me that transcends all possibility of getting filthy, dirty, or impact. There's a part of me that's above the struggles of life. That's the shechina that dwells above the person. Which is the makiv of yechida. Shenemet alzeh says on this ach betzelem yisalech ish with a tzelem, and tzelem is k'moshekasa b'zayir apasik simeni k'choisim the yukna ishtarabach, the ebrister's imprint, the yukna, the ebrister like puts his seal in into into the person. Zau shekasa gam came b'zayir apasik nefesh kitechda. And the Zohar says on the Pasuk, a nefesh that will sin, teva, how is that possible? Because you can't sin. She's pure. She's pure. In other words, it's not tarnished, it's not affected by all the scars and bruises that happen during life. And the problem is, it's lofty, it's higher than, 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 than our regular conscious experience. If a person, however, merits to open himself up to this deep dimension of his neshama, when that appears in in your space, in your consciousness, the klipa melts away without a fight. It's not limited in a keli kidu as it is now. In the makif light itself, there's two makifim. There's two makifim, chai and yechidim. The two types of desire. One of them, even though it's above the keli, it's an infinite rotsin, but it is a rotsin that's shining into the keli. Even though its root is makif, encompassing, it at least illuminates above the moyach. It emerges into the moach and into the heart, into the mind and into the heart in, a, in, a, in an individual way. Of a rotzen, is the second rotzen. Who a nikra rotzen pashat is called such a simple rotzen, such a simple desire. It's not able to exp- enter into the moach and in the heart. The difference between these two machifim of chay and yechida, shenikra makif klali or makif prati. It's called a more general makif, that's the yechida. Makif prati is the chaya, kama shakasa be itzchayim, as stated in itzchayim. Ubiradvar, and the explanation of the matter we're going to learn next week. Um, very, very fascinating idea of how these two makifim, what's the meaning of them, and how they, how when we access them, what kind of impact it has on the negative and unholy side of the person. And Zahu Zahu.